Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of the Red Diamond Report Podcast. I'm your host, Wilson Jackson. Today, we have another exciting episode for you. I sat down with Dr. Brandon Anderson, a physical therapist, educator, and athletic performance coach. He's a Morehouse grad and received his master's degree from Auburn University before getting his doctorate of physical therapy from Duke University. But as he likes to put it, he's just a humbled assassin from Mississippi who has seen a few setbacks along his journey, but constantly reminds himself that he will be a king remembered in time. And all kings must encounter and overcome hurdles and obstacles. So sit back and get ready to listen as he talks about overcoming setbacks as part of your purpose, battling injuries in sports, his path to physical therapy, professional athletes in a Black Lives Matter and COVID-19 society, and more. This is Season 1, Episode 2 of the Red Diamond Report Podcast. Staying true to your purpose. Let's get it. Dame Dollar or Donovan Mitchell? And why? Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. Why? Uh, the pace of his game. Dame has the clutch factor. Uh, not to say that Donovan Mitchell doesn't, but Dame is more seasoned in it. Donovan Mitchell is up next, but Dame Dollar, it's his time right now. So Dame Dollar for me. Welcome to the Red Diamond Report podcast with your host, Wilson Jackson. And it's another good episode this week. We have Mr. Brandon Anderson. And man, let me tell you about Brandon. Me and Brandon go back to high school, Jim Hill High School to be exact. Uh, met in sophomores. When I got there, I think we what, met in math class, Brandon? We were in Ms. a Monday. math class? Yes. Miss Monday or we was, we, it was, I forget which exact math class. We were in math, math class together and he had came from Terry. He was on the basketball team in Terry, got to Jim Hill, you know, got an IB program, got on Jim Hill's basketball team and probably, arguably, this is just my thoughts. I'm sure it's a lot of Jim Hill high school basketball players out there that would think that they were the best. But I would argue to say probably the, the not just only the purest shooter I've ever seen that, that, that hooped at Jim Hill, but like obviously one of the better players that I actually got a chance to witness and see for myself um, on the basketball team. But Brandon, it's good to have you on, man. Man, I'm blessed to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Let's tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. All right, man. Name Brandon Anderson, proud native. Jackson, Mississippi, born and raised. Uh, I am the son of Marcus Anderson, Libby Thigpen. I have one sister, Neasha Anderson. And um, <clears throat> just a bit about me, you ready for my five facts? You ready yes, for them? Yes, yes, yes. All right, man, I'm 26, son of God, an American, and a humbled assassin by nature. A humbled right? assassin. Humbled assassin, it's just in my DNA, it's in my DNA. In my DNA, I get it from my mom. I get it from my mom. We'll have to jump into that a little later. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Uh, R&B, neo soul, gospel with a sprinkle of trap music is about sixty-nine percent of my personality. My dog, my pit bull, my ace boon coon is the other sixteen percent. Uh, scratch that. Another sixteen percent. Her name is Nyla. Uh, and basketball and fitness gets the rest of me. If I wasn't a physical therapist, an educator, or a performance coach, I want to be a veterinarian and a part-time musician. I also think that I would make uh, a decent living doing side gigs and doing entertainment for weddings. So uh, like Jamie Foxx on the keys, you know, taking, Fox. So, taking care Michael. of a lot of Nylas. For sure, for sure, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Uh, my favorite movie is Paid in Full, and that's been my favorite movie ever since I saw the scene where Ace Boogie 
clapped his hands and had money falling from the sky. And last but not least, man, if I could meet anyone, I want to sit down with Justin Scott, also known as Big Crit, and uh, discuss growing up in the South and what it truly means to be a king remembered in time. What inspires you on a daily basis? Really waking up each day knowing that there is hope that that day can be a better day than the day before. And also just knowing that I have gifts and talents and knowledge and wisdom to not only advance myself, but to go out here and support into other people, empower other people to really reach uh, their top potential and really fulfill their lives as well. Play basketball in high school, um, suffered, suffered a few setbacks along the way. Talk a little bit about that experience. Oh man, high school was high school was rough, man. Definitely had some experiences in high school that kind of just altered my trajectory in life. Uh, let's see where to start. So, like you said, we met sophomore year, transferred from Terry, uh, started playing basketball under Coach Harris. That same year, I believe it was 2009, we made a run all the way down to the big house. We lost in the semifinals at the time to Biloxi. Star player was Isaiah Cannon. <clears throat> he blisters, but that was a good experience. <laughs> that was a good experience uh, just to be able to make it to the big house. Long story short, the following summer, playing AAU basketball specifically, I think I actually remember the date on this. I think it was June 27th, either 2009, 2010. It was a Sunday. Um, at the time, I was playing with the Jackson Panthers. And long story short, <clears throat> I suffered an ACL injury on a fast break. Uh, stole the ball, went down, tried to finish at the rim, and I ended up making contact with the opponent's knee, and I landed very awkwardly, heard a loud pop. Uh, and at the time, I didn't know what it was, but later on, it was confirmed that it was an ACL tear. Um, and for all those that may or may not know, uh, ACL tears take a, around, well, it can range anywhere from four to eight months for a full recovery, but it took me about seven. I was very determined to get back on the court. And uh, seven months later, after I was cleared, mm -hmm. I ended up tearing my other ACL. So not only was I able to not play my 11th grade year, but I only came back. I was able to come back and only play eight games uh, in high school. So suffering two ACL injuries back to back was tough. Kind of definitely put a, uh, a, a dampened spirit or a dampened light into my, my hooping aspects, my hooping dreams. But not only that, but I also uh, had to deal with the loss of one of my cousins, Dedrick Adams, rest in heaven. Um, true soldier, true warrior. Uh, one of my favorite cousins, he passed away at a young age. And um, just dealing with that trauma at the time was very, I mean, I just had to adjust, man. I had to heal, had to go through, had to experience that. That was tough. And then not only that, but uh, following that year that we made it down to the big house, to the Coliseum, I actually lost Coach Harris. Uh, shortly after that, he, he passed away from a heart attack. And just kind of experiencing all of this uh, in such a short period of time at such a young age, definitely was just, I mean, it was traumatic, but it, it forced me to grow up young. Forced me to grow up young. And uh, it taught me how to deal with the pressures and the circumstances of life at a young age and how to be willing to adapt and how to move forward and still 
take those experiences and use them as fuel mm -hmm. to uh to really persevere and push forward with with whatever you choose to do those acl injuries you know they played a big impact on your life you've been in school you know the bachelor's the master's the doctorate degree like that really those acl injuries and those lessons in between kind of shape what you would eventually do or or essentially up to where you are now it changed my life my whole life trajectory um because i was at a crossroads where it's like okay my body physically has endured some trauma mm -hmm. so am i going to continue to put my body under the physical demands of training for basketball or am i going to do something different and honestly that's kind of what sparked the idea of me wanting to become a physical therapist and tearing my acls because i was able to experience 14 months of rehab straight on and once my knees went down it kind of was like okay well brandon what's something that you think you would want to do or pursue career-wise and physical therapy was the first thing that came to mind that was my only option that was one thing that i knew like okay i think i'll just put all my efforts and go all the way with physical therapy and um yeah man uh years later I graduated from PT school and now, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a different point where I'm able to, you know, give back to those other pe other people that, you know, either experience similar things that I had experienced or, you know, just helping people optimize their physical function. For those that follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Brandon Anderson, this is the guy, if I'm ever posting workouts in a gym, if you've seen me in a gym, especially this month, this is the guy who's training me and who kills me throughout the week. He's Absolutely. probably one of the, the one of the most important people who's gonna challenge you like you've never been challenged before. You think you're doing something, and then you you, you start training with Brandon, and it's like you're not even you're not even close. <laughs> you, you, you're not you're not even close. But I say that to say this: you're at a point now. You know, obviously, the game is still important to you, basketball. But at the same time, you're in a place where you, you have a sense of power to like really change some people's lives, training athletes, training uh, clients, and then also you're teaching um, at Jackson State. These different circumstances and, and combination of experiences, how is that all kind of coming together for you? Man, uh, to be honest, everything is aligning the way that it should. Um, and also it's aligning in the, in the light of how I didn't expect it to be. Uh, never in my life would I ever, you know, imagine teaching right now. Right. Uh, not to say that I never had aspirations of becoming an educator or teaching, but right now, never would have expected it ever in my life. Um, but, you know, sometimes that's just how life happens. And, you know, you're put in places whether or not you feel like you're qualified or you're ready for it, but it's kind of like you're put out there and, you know, you have to go with it. And it's been one of the biggest blessings in disguise, uh, especially being able to come back home and teach and then to teach to students that look like me, uh, because I know how it is going to an HBCU and, you know, the, the types of resources and the academic, you know, the, the academic knowledge and <clears throat> just the entire HBCU scope and just being able to come back and pour into my students, man. Uh, I love it. And I think that that's, that's, that's one of the main reasons why I'm here on this earth, uh, to really serve other people through the gifts and talents that were, I was blessed with and being able to 
to pour into my students and just try to give them the game back and pour as much knowledge as I can with the content that I've know that I know and I've studied and that I continue to grow in. Uh, it's beautiful, man. It, it's beautiful, and um, things are aligning the same way. And like you said, even with our training, I mean, the people know what uh, the people don't know, but you know, the birth of BA performance. You know, everything was aligned during this Corona time. Things happen, and it's kind of like, okay, well, how can I use my gifts? or my talents or my skill set to go out here and help other people, right. you know, and um, just to be able to go out there and pour into people physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, once again, to empower them and make them better. Right. And everything, everything is aligned in the way that it should be, man. I'm just taking things day by day, uh, just being humble in my approach and just going hard at everything that God has blessed me with. That's all I can do for right now and all I continue to do. Absolutely. What is the greatest joy that you get out of physical therapy and, and being able to help your clients? Seeing people go from a phase of where they're at their lowest and being with them in the process to where they're able to make strides to get better, reach milestones, uh, having patients that come or just being around people that can't walk, have severe injuries, mm -hmm. cog cognitive impairments. Right. Being able to see them, you know, progress, you know, from people that can't walk to being able to take their first step again, people that can't sit up to the edge of the bed, being able to stand up for the first time again. Um, it's just a rewarding feeling on the inside that it's, uh, it's, it's really hard to describe, man. It's, it's, it's just fulfilling and not only it's, oh man, it's just a, it's, it's truly just a rewarding feeling on the inside. Stand, sticking the course, stand to the plan. What has been your biggest setback thus far in your life? I would say learning to get out of my own way. That's what I would say. Um, even coming back home, I never planned to come back home. I had plans to go to big cities and, and do other big things and had all of these miraculous plans and I still have them. But some things I had to learn are outside of my control. And sometimes you have to not force the issue, but go with the flow of the water. And so for me, um, just learning how to be present and, and go with the flow of, of where life has you and where life will take you. What is one moment that you would say that you wish you could get back if you could get it back in time? If I had a genie in a bottle or if I had a time machine, I would love to go back and visit my 11th grade year in high school with, uh -oh. uh, with no injuries, with no injuries. I would love to go back, man. I, I truly believe uh, if I were to go back to that time, Coach Harris was still here. I didn't have any ACL injuries. We probably would have um, won about two, three, two, three championships at Jim Hill. And um, I really looked forward to playing against some of the, the top competition at the time in Jackson Public Schools, your Andre Stringers, your Tracy Jacksons, your DeVille Smith, your Jarvis Summers, you know, your... Um, I mean, who else was out there? I mean, Julissa's nose was out there. LaQuinn Ross, uh, Emory Kelly was still in town. Uh, 
Yeah, what's my man name over there? Marshawn. Yeah, Marshawn was good. You know, just all of the all of the good the good talent here in Mississippi at the time. I would have loved to been able to compete with them one more time and really see where I ranked up and better yet win. A lot of these players you played with on WLA, a youth league basketball team growing up, correct? Absolutely. And so there was a certain type of discipline, dedication, persistence, a certain level of grit. I tell you all the time, when like, you know, being that you're my friend, there is no other defense that I've ever faced, regardless of who it is, how much taller they are, how physical they are. It's like to know that the defense that you're going to get from you is just like, it's just, it's unparalleled sometimes. And thinking about that, I just think to myself, like, knowing that, you know, you play with these guys that I looked up to, and I know that tenacity, that level of grit, like all of that, you can see it in every, almost every player you just mentioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I also think that that's kind of the environment that kind of molds the Mississippi Hooper here. I think we all kind of have that tenacity and that grit. Not only do we have it on the de- defensive end, but we can go out there, we can give you a bucket on offense too. And I just think that's kind of like the, you know, the makeup of a Mississippi Hooper or from Jackson. From Jackson, I would say. Uh, I think we're all kind of gritty, but WLA specifically, man, that was a, that was a different brotherhood. That was uh, definitely bigger than the game of basketball. Uh, it was really, it really instilled us a, a way of life, a way of life beyond the basketball court. Would you consider basketball still a way of life for you by way of, you know, you doing physical therapy and training athletes and, and things like that? Uh, to a degree, yes, because, I mean, growing up an athlete, I mean, I had that discipline in me and, you know, being able to practice discipline in other areas of your life outside of just working out or, you know, uh, going to going to bed early and getting up to go to games and stuff like that. I think a lot of the concepts that I learned early playing basketball kind of transcended over to other areas in my life. Um, you know, having that same grit on defense, or that same tenacity that you have when you're competing against somebody, well, like when you're able to take that and you're able to transfer it over to your purpose and you wake up every morning and you still have that same grit and that same tenacity to go out here and just really dig deep within yourself to have personal wins and to, like, once again, empower other people so that they're able to, you know, fulfill their lives, let alone you fulfill yours. You know, Absolutely. being a team, being a good teammate. Right. You know, being a leader. You know, being able to make sacrifices, being able exactly. to put in extra work. You know, all of those habits and all of that, th- th- those skills and that tool set definitely just kind of transcended over into other areas of my life. That's why I say, man, that game, I love that game. That game has taught me a lot uh, about life, and it's definitely more than just a game to me. What was the hardest part after the ACL injuries and just, you know, after you had transitioned more into, like, this is what I'm going to do post-high school, you know, basketball what was the hardest part of walking away from the game from an organized standpoint? Like you knew that you had to make a decision to say, I'll always love this game, but now it's time for me to transition in a different route. Not necessarily giving away, not necessarily doing away with the sport overall, but knowing that I'm not going to play exactly like this in an organized standpoint on a daily basis. I'll actually tell you when I made that mental decision in my head. Uh, tore my ACL, the first one, that was strike one. Tore my second ACL, 
that was strike two. Um, and really coming down to college for me, man, it was either between going to Morehouse or it's between going to Kapai Lincoln to play Juco basketball. Mm. And, you know, part of me wanted to play basketball. Part of me wanted to get out of Mississippi, get out of the state of Mississippi and just explore something new at the time. And I ended up going down to Morehouse one summer. I tried out for their basketball team. <clears throat> I made their basketball team, but they weren't able to give me any financial support in order to offset some costs of, some costs for school. And um, that's when it dawned on me. That was like, man, this is uh, this is probably going to be strike three for me, and I'm going to have to do something different or just focus purely on the scholastic portion of becoming a physical therapist. And at that moment, going into college, freshman year, that's that's when I knew, like, okay, like that part of my life, I'm just going to have to transition out of, and I'm going to have to shift my priorities elsewhere. And that's that's when college picked up, and that's when I just became more involved in college life and, you know, doing other things around campus, being active, um, and just kind of just moving forward beyond that point. Absolutely. It was tough. It was tough, but, you know, sometimes you have to let things go in order to get them back. That's nothing but a word. Nothing but a word. That's for real, man. Sometimes you have to let things go to get them back in a different time, man, to help re recenter yourself. So that way, you know, when it does come back to you, you're able to appreciate it. You're able to value the way that you want to, the, the way that you need to, and right. still have your priorities in line. So absolutely, the life I live. If there was a piece of advice that you would give to an up-and-coming high school athlete that's promising, or even a you know star college athlete. Um, and especially during these times, during a COVID-19 environment, what would you tell them now based off your experiences of, you know, with athletics and sports? I would tell them to sit with yourself, um, really grow within yourself, get to know yourself, find out what is it that you want out of, out of life. Um, I would tell them to sit down and create a vision but whatever you see yourself being 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. And I would tell them to write that vision down, write on a note card, make a vision board for whatever that vision may be for that person. And I would tell them to commit to that vision, dedicate themselves to that vision and follow through on that vision. Because I'm a strong believer that we are what we think about. And so sometimes it's hard to be something that you haven't seen before, but when you're able to sit with yourself and create that vision or put yourself in places or speak to people where you're able to uh, come up with that vision, it gives you direction on how you should move. And I'm just a strong believer that, you know, hey, develop a plan, commit to your plan, follow through with your plan, be dedicated be dedicated with you, be dedicated with your purpose. As a physical therapist, you know, dealing with, you know, clients and, you know, if you were actually in a hospital right now, you would be dealing with patients per se in clinics and in hospitals. Do you agree with athletes playing in COVID-19 environments? Right now, um, from a global aspect, I think that the world at large has 
bigger issues, bigger things to address versus playing sports right now in the middle of a pandemic. Like sports are going to be here, man. Like sports are going to be here. You can put it down. You can pause it. Trust me. You can always build an athlete up, bring people together to compete and do whatever. Uh, so, I mean, I guess to answer your question, I mean, right now, I mean, what are we prioritizing? Like, what are we prioritizing? There's people out here that are real life dying from this coronavirus. And then, you know, are we just, you know, prioritizing the competition or prioritizing the book, the amount of views, you know, the amount of streams that we can get, the amount of recognition that we can bring to the school during this time? Um, just think it's just pros and cons, man. You just really need to weigh what's, what's most important. And I think the health, the health of people um, it's most important in my opinion right now. Holistic health all the way around. Absolutely. You kind of touched on this. You said there's so many things going on in the world other than just the pandemic. Obviously, we know police brutality, um, the idea and the fact of that Black Lives Matter has become a critical and very crucial aspect of our society now. You know, obviously, you know, NBA canceled games, um, MLB canceled games. What's your thoughts on how this has to change in terms of, you know, the deaths and the, the brutality that we've seen, like, not even just this year, but even if you go back to 2016 with Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, like, it is so much going on. Like, what, what do you think that, think, what do you think should change? And, like, or do you think the athletes are, doing this, are going about doing this the right way? Well, I commend the athletes. I, I commend today's August, what, 26, 2020? Yes. Uh, four, four years ago, when Colin, Colin Kaepernick decided to take a knee, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks today decided to uh, boycott a playoff game. I definitely commend them just on the simple fact of right now they have the entire world's attention. They're saying, you know what? Hey, yes, we can go out here and compete and play sports. But right now, that's not we don't need our games aired on TV. You know, there are other bigger issues that need to be addressed and, you know, justice needs to be demanded. So I definitely commend them for that. But, uh, man, this uh, this has been going on for some time. And I just know something needs to happen. Change needs to happen. Um, but sometimes, sometimes I don't want to say I, I lose hope in America, but then sometimes I kind of do because it's kind of like we're repeating the same thing. People are making statements. We have protests that end up in further killings. And then, <clears throat> you know, we go out here and we tell people to vote and then we just turn our, turn our backs, you know, something more. Now, um, I mean, what needs to happen? I just think that we just need to help each other just become better Americans and hear that. I didn't say white Americans because, you know, white Americans, you don't hear white Americans, you hear black Americans, Latino right. Americans, right. you know, like erase the labels, erase the labels and everything that's connected and just be human. People need to treat each other and be better humans, be better human beings to one another. Gold, golden rule, treat others the way you would want to be treated. Can we get back to some more principles and make that and make that law again versus um, just all this other this crap that we just feed 
you know, media and media and just uh, it's it's touchy subject, man. It's touchy subject. I wish I had the answers for it, but all I can do is just stay in my lane and just educate those, in, inform those that I can, be an example uh, within myself on how to treat people, how to do right by people, um, and just be that beacon of hope for someone else. So, Brandon, if people want to follow you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, where where they where can they follow you? And also, you know, what's uh what's some of the plans you have coming up, man? Like I said, you you you're a pretty busy guy. Like between training clients, between you know working out, you know, uh, athletes, and then also taking care of yourself, you know, teaching students, and that's no easy task. Like you know, what's what's new coming for you? What's new coming for me? Just stay tuned. Definitely on a growth path right now. I want to forever continue to grow. Uh, some things are building within my personal brand, BA Performance. You can follow that on Instagram, BA triple underscore performance. You can follow my personal page at BR triple underscore Anderson. Um, but really just enlarging my territory, man. Um, enlarging my territory. Uh, I really want to go out here and once again, use my talents and skills in the, in the realms of education, performance coaching, physical therapy, and impact the people. Um, that I'm able to come in close contact with and those at large. So continue to give back to my city, continue to go back to those places where uh, Morehouse, Duke, Auburn, if possible, uh, and just be able to pour, pour into them, give back, do what I can, and just be that beacon of hope uh, to society. Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Gotta go Lamar Jackson. Ooh. Speed, speed kills, man. Speed kills. Ooh. Don't get me wrong. Right. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. Patty, Patty Mahomes has um, he has the arm, man. He has he has the cannon for sure. Um, but I mean, my preference, I just have to go Lamar Jackson. Speed kills, uh, and then again, he's still a great passer, and he just plays with that chip. I still feel like. He plays with that, you know, that chip on his shoulder that, you know, they they really thought I was, you know, a running back or they thought I was a subpar, subpar, subpar quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> thought I was a subpar quarterback and he just kind of plays with that edge and that's why, that's why it doesn't surprise me that last year he won MVP. Right. Do you think he's going to be cursed by the Madden game? Nah. Nah. I still think he has a point to prove. Uh, true competitor, and I think that Baltimore is doing a great job of believing in him and then surrounding him with the right personnel to position them to make a run at the Super Bowl. I do believe that. Stay tuned for episode three of the Red Diamond Report podcast next Friday. Same time, same place. Until then, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at the RDR Report and follow me on Twitter at Wilson Reports and on Instagram at Wilson Reports underscore.